give you an opportunity. We're really not going to have a service tonight. We're just going to kind of go straight into the, to the fellowship. So I want to give Pastor Rick uh, an opportunity just to share with you for a moment this morning. Amen. Come on, brother. Amen. I, amen. Let's give him a hand as he comes. Don't we love this brother? Pastor Rick and Pam have been a part of this church much longer than this, but he's been on staff now for 16 years, and um, he's a minute or two older than me, not much. Amen. <laughs> so it's um, always kind of been that, that awkward thing where he's my senior, and, and um, I guess I'm his supervisor. I don't know how that we've made it work, amen, but I can't tell you the number of times he's come into my office and had a word from the Lord for me, a word of encouragement, a word of blessing. He, he can read me and know me almost as well as my wife and my mama. Amen. And, um, and um, many times I've bounced ideas and thoughts and plans and dreams and goals and visions off of him. And some of them have been a long time coming. Some of them still haven't come to fruition. But a friend, a brother, a confidant, counselor, and um, amen. It's not going to be the same without you around here on a day-to-day basis, brother, but uh, amen. Just know how much not only this family of faith loves you, but how much I love you and how thankful I am for you personally. Amen. Praise God. I did pretty good. I didn't... I was reading in John 15 that says, Ask the Father whatever you desire. Amen? And he'll give it to you. My desire was I wouldn't, wouldn't cry. Because <laughs> y'all know how at the drop of a hat, how I just tear up. Uh, not crying, but maybe tear. A little bit of tears that are just sitting in the eyeballs. You know what I mean? So, amen. It's been a blessing. I've been here for almost 16 years. Uh, this is actually will be my second retirement. So, and uh, it's, it's been a blessing to be a part uh, of this family, amen, in a pastoral position, associate pastor here. Uh, it's a blessing being able to serve each and every one of you uh, in, in various manners, praying for you, fixing your sweet tea or unsweet tea, you know, and uh, so on. But it, it's... Uh, my heart, and uh, so, but to kind of give you some idea what Pam and I, uh, our next steps, because I'm retiring from the church as a pastor, okay? But I'm not retiring from ministry, amen? Uh, we're still wide open to what the Lord has for us. Uh, we surrender, and wherever the Lord has us going, you know, um, the, that's what we want to do. That's our heart. That's our heart, to still continue to serve the Lord in whatever capacity that He has for each and every one, uh, for Pam and I. And uh, so that, that's, that's our next step. Uh, we thought we were going to be heading out to Italy right off the bat, but, uh, you know, this is the Lord's will. It's not Rick's will. Amen? And uh, so I had put out some feelers and stuff, and nothing really came back. 
that I felt settled with, and the Lord said, you just need to rest, you know, rest a while. And then, um, but it's like, Lord, you know, I want to go. I want to do, no, just sit back and rest and relax. And so, but we are seeing doors, small doors that are being opened for us, the opportunity to, to pray for people uh, and so on. And we're going, going that route. Uh, we will be uh, heading out to the beach uh, and first time since 07, we've actually had to find a place. <laughs> you know, since we had our own condo, it's a uh, it's a big difference. So, but uh, so that's that's what our plans are. But I love each and every one of you, Pam, and I love y'all. And um, what I would like for y'all to do in your prayer time, if you would just pray for Pam and I, uh, you know, just mention us before the Lord, what the Lord would have us to do. So, and I've had um, several people. I know Brother Paul. <laughs> I hope this isn't being filmed. So, but anyway, I'm not. I'm not going there. Amen. Right, Lord, we're not going there. So, but, uh, brother Paul, you know, last week, and if I had a couple other people that confirmed what Paul said, or rather, Paul confirmed what other people said that the Lord is this next chapter in our life. It's going to be a, a, a great thing for Pam and I. Amen. Don't know what it is yet, but it's going to be a, be a good thing for us uh, to where, you know, we're going to be able to go out and, and to be able to minister. Basically setting the captives free, doing the works of Jesus. Amen. 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 So, but we love each and every one of y'all and uh, thank y'all. Thank y'all for all the support uh, that y'all have Given me uh, volunteers, uh, helping make, uh, prepare food, setting up tables, and uh, so on. But uh, oh, and another thing, we'll get to spend a lot of time with grandkids, so which we got a bunch of, you know, got got eleven. But anyway, uh, that that's on our that's on our agenda also. Amen, amen. And I can't, uh, you know, Pastor Mark took me in. <laughs> not going there not going there uh, after I retired from Bessemer Tech in 03 we had a long talk before I retired just told him my heart and uh, and he saw fit to uh, to put me on and that was a blessing Amen. It was a blessing. Mike should have been doing this all along instead of what I did, but the Lord knew. The Lord knew, and He's laid it out for retirement, and you know that we get retirement uh, from the state. Pam gets retirement, which is helping us a little bit, you know. So, but the Lord is good. Amen. Amen. So, are you gonna come, as Matt says, get me out of this tree? <laughs> so, but anyway, I love y'all. <laughs> Amen. Amen.
Praise God. All right. Amen. If you have your Bibles this morning, um, going to begin in John 14, 30. Got a little echo behind me, Brother Greg. I don't know what that, maybe a monitor or something, if you could, whatever you do back there. Amen. John 14, 30. Um, I want to go through these first few verses just by way of review, kind of go through them quickly, and then we'll settle in here uh, around Proverbs 4, I guess, in just a moment. So thank you for being here today. I know we've got a lot of folks traveling, family uh, functions, uh, first full, I guess, what, end of, of summer, and so, um, or at least the unofficial start of summer. So, But I'm glad you're here and, and um, look forward to our time of fellowship together uh, tonight. So in John 14, 30, this is Jesus speaking. He said, I'll no longer talk much with you for the ruler of this world is coming and he has nothing in me. He has nothing in me. Same verse from the Amplified. I will not talk with you much more for the prince, evil genius, ruler of the world is coming and he has no claim on me. I like this Amplified version of this verse. He has nothing in common with me. There's nothing in me that belongs to him and he has no power over me. I believe that if Jesus could make that statement as a man on this earth, that we can also make that statement, that the devil has nothing in me. The devil has no claim on me. I have nothing in common with him. He has nothing in common with me. There's nothing in me that belongs to him, and he has no power over me. Now, related to this, and we're going to come back to this, there's a whole portion of Scripture where we find this verse in the middle of that portion of scripture where it says, nor give place to the devil, nor give place to the devil. And in that Ephesians, the fourth chapter, verse 27 is where it says that, but all surrounding those verses are many different things that um, give place to the devil, corrupt communication and anger and uh, unforgiveness, things that uh, come from uh, the enemy, lying, uh, Again, um, when we allow that into our hearts, we give place to the devil, which gives him something to lay claim to and um, gives him power over us. Well, let's just use that as an example. So you say, well, what, if, what does that mean then if I, if I told a lie recently? Repent. Ask, ask the Lord to forgive you. Get that, get that out of there, right? Um, if you're not careful, one lie will lead to another lie, which will lead to another lie. Um, once you tell that first one, you wind up having to tell more and more to cover that first one. And, and, um, and it's just the enemy trying to weave a, a, a web of lies, if you will, in your heart. Don't, don't let those uh, cobwebs get in your heart. Amen. This same verse from the Amplified, leave no such room or foothold for the devil. Give no opportunity to him. Amen. All right, now let's go to Proverbs chapter 4. Proverbs chapter 4 and verse 20. Several things that we've said along these lines that I just feel led this morning to remind you of. Again, no place, no claim, no power. If you don't give place to the devil, there's nothing in your life that the devil has claimed to and therefore he has no power over you. We said last Sunday that you shut the devil down by shutting him out. You shut him down by shutting him out. You can bind and rebuke stray cats all you want, but they'll keep coming back as long as you put milk on your doorstep. And so the devil finds it 
somewhat funny that we bind him on one hand but leave the door propped open for him on the other. And so it's one thing to take authority over the devil. We have authority over him and we should be exercising that authority. But if at the same time we're holding on to things that didn't come from God but came from the devil, something that belongs to him, something that came from him that belongs to him, this gives him something that he can lay claim to in our lives and therefore <clears throat> gives him power over us. Now, there's one last statement, and this is the one we're going to build on today. As a matter of fact, I'm going to back up and put it on the screen. You can't keep the devil out of your life if you won't keep his thoughts out of your mind and his affections out of your heart. Okay? You can't keep him out of your life if you won't keep his thoughts out of your mind and his affections out of your heart. This is how the enemy gains access to people's lives, by thoughts in the mind and affections in the heart. And this is why the Bible tells us to give all diligence to the guarding of our heart. In other words, we we are responsible for keeping the devil's thoughts out of our minds and we are responsible for keeping his affections out of our hearts. So Proverbs 4 verse 20, my son give attention to my words, incline your ear to my sayings. Do not let them depart from your eyes, keep them in the midst of your heart for they are life to those who find them and health to all their flesh. Verse 23, keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it spring the issues of life. Now, we spent pretty much both sermons, both lesson times together last week, Sunday morning, Sunday evening, breaking down these verses. And I'm not going to try to redo that or repeat all of that this morning. I do want to draw your attention, though, to all of the action steps that are being spelled out for you and me to understand and follow. Um, give attention, incline your ear. He's speaking of a deliberate, intentional action. Do not let them depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart. We see that if we're going to keep His Word in the midst of our heart, we've got to keep His words in front of our eyes. Um, we're, we're kidding ourselves if we think we can keep everything from this world in, in front of our eyes and not the Word of God and somehow keep the Word of God in the midst of our hearts. He even goes on to say that the Word of God is life to those who find them and health to all their flesh. That word health literally means medicine to all their flesh. And we talked about how, you know, in our day and age, you know, people are so committed, so dedicated to, you know, any medications that they take and following that regimen um, of, of taking those medications. Um, and I'm not saying, I'm not here to criticize that or, or what have you. I'm just asking you and me this question. Do we have that same attitude towards the Word of God? Um, in other words, we, we would never miss a dose of medicine morning, noon, or night, but, you know, do we spend time with, with the Word of God and with the Lord morning, noon, and night? 
Um, and so it's easy for us to think that we have given place to God in our lives when we are really giving place to other things as terms of, in terms of what, our, um, what our priorities are based upon our actions. Amen, you're getting kind of quiet on me. That's all right, let's, let's keep moving on here, right? Keep your heart with all diligence for out of it spring the issues of life. Now this is where we were on last Sunday evening and I just want to remind you that nature created by God, again, shows us so many examples of how He created, how your Father in Heaven created you and me. And we see that apples on an apple tree come from within the tree. They come from inside the tree out. And He's saying in the same way, fruit comes, good fruit, bad fruit, comes inside, from inside a person out. Amen. From the good deposit of the heart, Matthew 12 and 35, we bring forth good things. And from the evil deposit of the heart, we bring forth evil things. On one hand, you have the effect. On the other hand, you have the cause. On one hand, you have the issue. On the other hand, you have the source. And the devil will have you chasing the source and the, I'm sorry, the cause, I'll get it right in just a minute, amen. He'll have you trying to address the effect. He'll try to get you to, to only look at and try to change the, the issue without ever understanding or trying to do anything about the cause or the source. So again, cause and effect, source and issue. If you only try to change the effect and the issue without understanding the cause or the source, you're going to wind up becoming a very frustrated individual because you cannot change an effect or an issue without changing its underlying cause or its underlying source. So this is why he says, guard your heart, for from your heart spring forth the issues of life. Whatever we allow into our hearts is going to create issues in our lives. And, and, and those, again, can be good things in our hearts, causing good issues in our lives, or wrong things in our heart, causing negative, poor, bad, evil issues in our lives. Now, this is perhaps for next Sunday, but what we have to realize is that what we keep in our heart becomes an issue in our life because whatever you put in your heart, it's like whatever you put in the soil of the earth. Your heart's going to try to grow it and produce it. Whatever you keep in your heart, your heart's going to try to grow and produce fruit from it. That's why, you know, we have to have things called pressure-treated lumber. Because if you just put an untreated piece of wood in the, in the, in the, in the ground, um, the ground is going to try to break that piece of wood down and grow it. And, and that's where rotten wood comes from. So we, we go ahead and put chemicals in the wood, pressure, under pressure, you know, treat the wood to prevent the earth. The earth still tries to grow it. It just, those chemicals prevent it from being broken down. And notice not even indefinitely, there will come a time when 
eventually the earth will win over the wood. <laughs> Amen. And your heart's the same way. Whatever you put in your heart, your heart's going to try to grow it. it, it it's going to try to produce fruit from it in your life. This is why we have to guard or keep, the New King James Version says, keep your heart or guard your heart, not with a little bit of diligence, not a few times a week on Sunday mornings, but with all diligence. Because out of it, he says, springs the issues of life. Now, the verses that you have in front of you, either looking at them on the screen behind me or in your own Bible there in your laps, Verse 23 is giving us some of the most important instructions you'll find in all the Bible. Verses 20 and 21 are telling us how to effectively accomplish verse 23. In other words, verse 23 says, keep your heart with all diligence. And given its importance, since everything in your life springs forth from your heart, Keeping your heart with all diligence is an extremely important command to follow, which leads us then to a very important question. How do you do that? How in the world do you keep your heart with all diligence? How in the world do, do you know, it, it's, it almost seems like an overwhelming task. Well, the answers for us are found in this same section of Scripture beginning at verse 20, give attention to my words, incline your ear to my sayings, do not let them depart from your eyes, keep them in the midst of your heart. He's talking about the Word of God coming into your heart through the Word of God, through the ear gate by hearing, and through the eye gate by seeing. Incline your ear, listen to His words above all the other voices. Make His a priority. Make His the one you listen to and go after more than, more than all others. And then keep His words, keep His truths in front of your eyes. By doing that, again, I'm talking about something extremely basic this morning. Something very simple, but also very practical. If you will keep the Word of God coming into your ears, if you will keep it in front of your eyes. Let me, listen, I'm not going to go on some wild harangue soapbox or whatever, but just do an inventory. A steward is someone who gives an account. A steward is someone, I'm a steward, you're a steward. And so one of the most precious gifts that we've been given to steward over by our Creator Father is our time. And so again, just take an inventory. Take an inventory. It would be like, it would be like if you were, if you, and, and we see parables along these lines where let's say you're given responsibilities, not your money, $100,000, right? Um, and and you know, you're given that money to steward, to use, uh, to, to do something with. But see, the thing about a steward is there's coming a day where we give account, where we have to answer for it. So let's say you're given $100,000. A year later, the guy comes back that gave it to you, and he's like, okay, tell me what you did with my money. Tell me how you used it. And, and give an account, not just for most of it, for every penny of it, okay? 
Well, obviously, you know, we, we, we want to be able to tell him, well, you know, I, I supported this missionary, I did this. In other words, are you following what I'm saying? That's what it means to give an account. So when we talk about what we keep in front of our eyes and what we keep coming in our ear gate, as a steward, how much of our time are we devoting to these various things that we keep in front of our eyes? How much time are we devoting to what we keep continually coming in to our ear gate? Are, are you following what I'm saying? This is a very practical message this morning. I had some people uh, this week, last Sunday and throughout this week, that, you know, commented to me, Pastor Mark, listen, you're on to something here. This is important. I'm realizing there's some things in my life that I, I need to work on in this area. And, 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 but, a mo but most of the questions and comments that came from the two sermons last Sunday was how do we do it? H how, right? Not just, you know, we recognize the importance of it, but how do we practically guard our heart with all diligence, right? Now, I'm going to get a little bit ahead of myself, and I'm going to come back, though, to the ear gate, eye gate, inventory steward, all right? If I forget, you remind me, all right? Because that's important. But let me just, let me cut to the chase and tell you that you don't guard your heart by simply trying to keep it empty of negative things. The most effective way to guard your heart is to fill it with good things. In other words, if we're, if we're not careful here, we'll take a truth from the Word of God and the enemy will weasel his way in there and we'll think that all guarding your heart means is keeping the bad stuff out. Well, you can't look left and right at the same time. Amen. And so, how do you keep the bad stuff out? By keeping yourself focused on the good stuff. By filling your heart with truth and wisdom and positive things. If your heart, if you stay focused, the Bible says God will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is fixed, is stayed on him. Amen. So it's like, man, all kinds of things are bothering me and troubling me. And, and, and all, they wouldn't be bothering you and troubling you if you weren't giving them airtime in your heart. If you weren't giving place to them in your heart. If you weren't spending the time thinking about and focusing on those things. Amen. So, again, the most effective way to guard your heart is to fill your heart. Jesus told us a parable about a man who had a demon cast out of him. And that demon wandered around in dry places and couldn't really find a place to lay his head. And so he came back to see if by some chance the person he was cast out of might give him place again. See if maybe he had put him up for the night. Come on now. And the Bible says that while that demon was wandering around in arid places, he picked up some buddies. And so when he came back to see if he would perhaps find a place, the Bible says he brought some of his buddies with him. And that they found that individual's heart swept clean, but empty. 
Notice now, he's trying really, really hard. And I believe this is what Jesus is communicating to us here. Trying really, really hard to keep the bad stuff out, but not doing a whole lot towards bringing the good stuff in. So the demon comes back with his buddies, finds the house swept clean, but empty. And it made it very easy for that demonic spirit to move back in with, with his buddies, making the, the latter condition of that man seven times worse than what he was the first time the demon was cast out of him. You say, well, Pastor Mark, what, you know, I'm not demon-possessed. I'm not saying that you are, but again, this doesn't just apply for the actual demon. It applies for the things that we've worked so hard to get out of our lives that don't belong there. Keeping your heart with all diligence is going to be a whole lot easier if you fill your heart back up with good things so that when those devils and demons and all the, the junk that they have in this world to try to occupy us with, if our hearts are so full of light and life, even if those demons try to come back, what's in you right now is going to make them so uncomfortable they're going to move on. Amen. Darkness doesn't have fellowship with light. And so if your heart is so full of the light and life of God, then when darkness comes to try to move back in on you, if you're so full of, of God's light and love and peace, again, there's no room. There's no room. I think the way it's been preached, though, in traditional religion, Christian religion over, over the years, is that, is that living the Christian life is all about keeping the bad stuff out. No, no, no. That, again, you're trying to back your way into your best life. It's not about what we're trying to keep out. It's about what our lives are to be full, with, full of and filled up with. Now, let's go back because I'm, I'm, not, I'm not trying to sound like one of those, you know, fussing preachers and not, please, don't think that's what I'm saying. But, you know, I've, I have smartphone, iPhone, uh, iPad. Are you understand what I'm saying? And, and just like a lot of you do. Um, you do realize, though, that we can keep that in front of our eyes, filling, you know, our, our eye gate. It doesn't, ha and here's the other thing, please hear me. It doesn't have to be pornography. It can just be the chitter chatter of this world. Are you, are you understand what I'm saying? We get, we get caught up in other people's drama. Remember the quote from Creflo Dollar, peace is your most valuable emotional asset. Do not waste it on other people's drama. Man, with the computer age, the smartphone age in which we live, you can get drawn in to drama. You can get drawn into people's drama that you don't even know. You can get so worked up about somebody else's injustice in life that the devil is stealing your peace because you're wasting it on other people's issues and, and things. And so again, you know, when we talk about how much time we spend with, you know, screen time, <laughs> that's a new term in our day and age, right? Screen time. I'm not saying screen time has to be all bad. There's a lot of good stuff uh, on screen time. There's digital books. There's there's all kinds of Christian videos, Christian music videos, things that will feed your faith, right? Amen. I have just about gotten it. I'm not, I'm not legalistic about it. 
I'm not under condemnation if I don't do it. But I've just about trained myself that if I'm in the car by myself, I'm, I got somebody preaching in my ear. I got somebody speaking the word of God in my ear gate. I'm, I'm keeping it. I'm inclining my ear to it. All kinds of voices. I got it just like you. I got a radio in my truck, right? And there's a, I don't know, man, if you have satellite radio, there's a thousand different things you can listen to there. Um, but I choose to incline my ear uh, to Pastor Bill Winston, Keith Moore, Creflo Dollar, um, Kenneth Copeland. Are you following what I'm saying? I, I just choose to listen or just the word of God being, being read from one of my Bible apps or what have you, inclining my ear. Now, I'm not telling you that so you think I'm some sp super spiritual dude. I'm just trying to show you that this is one of the ways I work to keep my heart with all diligence by keeping my ear full of the Word of God, by keeping my ear full of faith-filled, faith-initiated, faith-inspired words. I'm getting kind of quiet up in here. In other words, I, can I do a better job? You better know I can, right? But here's the thing, because I'm a steward, and one of the greatest resources that I have to steward is my time. And my time is a gift from God. This is the day the Lord has made. And if, and if he was to call me to give an account, right? You understand what I'm saying? Son, you had so many hours last week. What did you do with those hours? What, what did you spend those hours on? Give an account for the time that I gave you. You're a steward of that time. Are you following what I'm saying? So when we're talking about how do we practically keep our heart with all diligence, well, he's telling us here, giving attention to God's words, inclining our ear to his sayings, not letting them depart from our eyes. And if we'll do this, then that's going to equate to, that's going to result in keeping them in the midst of our heart. Keeping them in the midst of our heart. What did Jesus tell us about the enemy? He comes immediately to steal what from us? Come on now, say it out loud. The Word, he, he comes immediately to steal the Word. This means if we're going to keep the Word in our hearts, we're going to have to, to be serious about it and consistently work towards keeping the Word of God in our hearts. It's, listen, if you... There's, there's, it's nothing wrong with things that entertain us. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Now, I'm, not, I'm talking about wholesome stuff. Don't... Don't even go there with heathen stuff, entertaining yourself with heathen stuff. That's not what I mean. I know some of you in here like video games or, or what have you. That's, enjoy that. Amen. Again, it, it, I'm not talking about heathen stuff, worldly devil stuff, but, but there's all kinds of things that um, there's games that, that you can play on your phone and computer that'll help sharpen your mind. I'm, I'm, all of that I'm not, I'm not saying, you know, get that stuff, get those apps off your own. If you're hearing me say that, that's not what I'm saying. Please, that's not what I'm saying, all right? But if we spend 14 hours, you know, of screen time, and 13 and a half of that is on Facebook, what are you inclining your ear to? What are you keeping in front of your eyes? Because that's what's going to be in your heart. Amen. I got the right bunch this morning. That's what's going to be in your heart. 
You can't keep the Word of God in your heart by keeping things that are contrary to the Word of God coming in your and in front of your eyes. It's, you're deceiving yourself. It's not going to happen. And whatever that stuff brings into your heart along with it is going to affect what, what is in your life reality because what's in your heart, your heart's going to try to grow and produce. You keep stress and strife in your heart, it's going to produce all kinds of health issues and, and, and what have you, emotional issues, sleep issues um, in your life reality. All right, praise God. Let me, just a couple of more minutes here. I want to give you this um, verse 23 from the Passion Translation. He says, so above all, guard the affections of your heart for they affect all that you are. Pay attention to the welfare of your innermost being, for from there flows the wellspring of life. I'm not saying we should ignore the health and welfare of our outermost being. In other words, we should take care of our physical bodies. If there are supplements and, and vitamins or medications that we need, then we should absolutely take them. But notice, and I, I don't think I'm exaggerating when I say this, the average, not just average person, but the average born-again believer pays way more attention to the health and well-being of their outer man than they do the health and well-being of their inward man. Amen or oh me, but that's the truth. We are so outward man conscious and so inward man ignorant, even to the point of being illiterate when it comes to our inward man and what it does and what it needs and how it is uh, healthy and prosperous. But remember, your health and prosperity outwardly is directly related to your inward health and prosperity. I wish above all things that you be in health and prosper, even as what your soul, your soul's a part of your inward man, prospers. Now, he adds to this the affections of your heart. The affections of your heart. And affection is not excluding your thoughts or what you're thinking, but an affection is a thought that produces an emotion. An affection of the heart is something that you think about that, that releases some emotional, some feeling, emotional response or feeling in your life. So that's the whole idea of drama and that's the whole idea of, of injustice. These things that, that the affection of your heart is now we've got something to just think about it makes us angry. Or um, to think about it, you know, creates some kind of, you know, depression and so forth and so on. The Bible says anxiety in the heart causes depression. So an affection is, is just a more complete way of communicating what he's talking about here. We often say something to the effect of, you know, let's say maybe in the wake of some disappointment in your life, anybody ever said this, man, I had my heart set on that. 
I had my heart set on that. Maybe you were going to buy something and somebody else bought it or whatever. I found a, a really nice pair of boots that were, man, three, four hundred dollar boots. Got them for like 60 bucks. And they didn't have my size. And the lady said, we'll just ship them to your house. And I said, so about three days later, I'm expecting the boots to get there. And I get an email that says, um, we gave you a refund, unable to complete your order. You know, I thought, man, you know, I had my heart set on. You see what I'm saying? In other words, we, we, we notice it's an affection. You think, man, I really like those boots. That's good. But the idea is that, that connected with that is, is the setting of our heart. We, we've, we've given place in our heart to, to something that is not just, you know, just like laying around doing nothing. It's creating some type of emotional response. So above all, guard the affections of your heart. For they affect all that you are. Pay attention to the welfare of your innermost being, for from there flows the wellspring of life. Amen. Let's stand together this morning. Praise God. Um, we got a lot we could build on here. We will in the future. Um, next Sunday, first Sunday in June, we'll be enjoying communion together. I don't know. We'll see what the Lord has for us. I do want to leave you with, with one last verse, and I know you stand. So I won't keep preaching. Um, but Colossians chapter 3, verse 2. Notice what he says there. Set your affection on things above, not on things on the earth. Set your affection. A deliberate, intentional act. Amen? Amen. Let me pray for you. Father, thank you for this time together this morning. Thank you for your great love for us. Thank you, Father, for the things that you're teaching us. Thank you, Father, that we're not like so many, Lord, who aren't interested in cooperating with you. But, Father, these men and women in this room and listening to this message through the Internet, Father, they're, they're men and women who are hungry for the truth and, Lord, want to understand from your word what our responsibilities are, what, what it is, Father, that we need to be doing and, and practical ways to do it. And so, Father, I just pray that as we go our separate ways this morning that we'll Consider, Lord, the stewardship of our time. How much time do we spend each week with your word in front of our eyes and your word coming into our ears um, compared to how much time we spend on other things in front of our eyes and other things coming in to our ears, Lord. And I pray, Lord, that, that we would make some improvements there. No matter how good of a job we may be doing in those areas, we can all do better. And our lives will benefit and your kingdom will benefit, Lord, because of it. Father, thank you for Pastor Rick and Pam and, Lord, just the blessing that they are to this uh, family of faith and, Lord, for the opportunity to honor them today. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Praise God. Shake somebody's hand, hug somebody's neck, love somebody in Jesus. If you can help.